Welcome to episode 41 of the Gold Card Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Vince Colotti at Gelati LOL. With me tonight, John George at the Sports Plug. How we doing, everybody? Chris Chung at Prime LOL. <laughs> he is muted. He's, he's muted. He's got, he's got dog aggro right now. And uh, Calvin T had to take care of some some business, so he's not he won't be joining us tonight. But hopefully, will be joining us for the LCK show we're going to be doing next week. So we have one week in the books for Western League of Legends. First week in both the LC, LEC and LCS. We have ten games in each. Uh, but before we dive into all of that, I think uh, we want to get to a couple news things and a couple updates, housekeeping, you know, so to speak. Um, the first big one, obviously, uh, and it's still kind of a developing story, is um, the LPL is being postponed indefinitely due to the coronavirus outbreak in China. Uh, I, it's the right move. You need to keep people safe and everything. I don't know if you guys have any more to add on this. It's unfortunate for us and the players. It kind of disrupts the calendar and... We're going to have to see how that all shakes out in terms of international competition and everything like that. But uh, I think it's most important to keep everybody safe. And if you need to keep masses away from, you know, big gatherings and stuff like that, then that's what you have to do. Anything? I can give our viewers a, a small piece of information that will help them in their everyday lives. Did you know that coronavirus is actually just a classification of virus? And we have coronaviruses all the time. It's not actually the name of this virus. Well, there you go. <laughs> There's a little a cool today, piece of today, today I learned. My wife told me that. Yeah, all, I know, all I know is uh, it's 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 unfortunate, and I, we've never had anything like this before, really. Like it's been a decade, and we've never had anything quite like this. So it's going to be uh, kind of a unique situation to see how it develops. But I mean, you have to keep everyone's safety at the utmost, yeah. you know, at the forefront. So we learned today, actually. So the LCK official website said that they were likely going to be postponing as well. Uh, or they, I think the, the word they used was they were going to be doing what was be- the best course of action or whatever whatever they said. Um, we learned today, uh, per at Kenzie131, who's a pretty reliable source in terms of LCK stuff, um, that they're going to be playing the game. For, for the time being, they're going to be playing the games at the stadiums, but with no crowd, so, like, no live audience. So, uh Again, just as a precaution, they haven't given a timetable or anything. I know the LPL gave a timetable of they're going to aim for March, I think, because uh, this is a, it's a pretty bad outbreak. So, wow. no LPL for the time being. Uh, we do get LCK next week, hopefully, as long as things don't get escalate too badly. Mm, um, yeah, kind of a badly. unique situation. I don't think I can't think of it. Very bizarre. Like very bizarre. So, gonna. We'll have to see how everything pans out. Uh, next up, uh, we have the plug challenge. You guys are how, how many? You guys are thirteen slates 13 into this now. Slates in. So I'll, yep, I'll but, let you guys take the floor on this one. Yeah, thirteen slates in. It's been a real battle. I'm up seven to six at the moment going into this weekend. But the most interesting thing I thought is uh, that me and Prime have been on the same team for a huge percentage of these li- of these lineups. Like we've been running the same sets of teams, just different roster makeups. And uh, I thought there would be much more like mixing up of our uh, of who we're playing, but really, there's only been a couple slates where we were on different teams. So, a lot of time, it's just been you know which combination of these two teams is going to score better. Yeah, uh, it was certainly a, a fun battle. I think I got a couple of lucky wins in the beginning, and it was more towards the end when we started diverging in our 
team choices and our player choices. And that's. Oh, oh you muted yourself there. <clears throat> yeah, that's to be expected because uh, the LEC and LC, uh, LCS gives us more options rather than just focusing kind of two games late but i'm i i think i am proud wh- whether i win or lose because i didn't expect to get this far head to head with john but it's been a good battle and well we're uh seven more games to go john seven well more. depends on how who wins how many first person to 11 wins so nice uh and just to just to uh reiterate for those that don't know uh I don't know, do you want to explain what the plug challenge is this is kind of an off-season challenge that uh john threw yeah out. i yeah, I threw out a challenge to anybody in the DFS community who wanted to play oh, a set of one versus ones. First one to win 11 games wins for a predetermined amount of money. So me at Prime was the first person to take me up on it. We're playing for $1,000. Uh, whichever one of us wins 11 games first gets 1000 Uh When we finish this, pretty much no matter who wins it, I'm going to issue it again to anybody else that wants to try to step up to the bat. So if you think you got it, you know, come bring it. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so seven to six currently, right? Seven to six. Yeah, keep updating. You guys have been pretty good about updating on Twitter. That's why I wanted to I wanted to bring it up because uh, it's kind of it's pretty sweet. I like the whole idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. So we have a week in the books for the West. Uh, we don't have any Eastern games yet. We're going to be doing the LCK Power Ranking Show sometime this weekend or early next week. Uh, we'll have that out to you probably Monday or Tuesday in um, preparation for Wednesday's games, possibly sooner. We'll see. Um. So it's just the West for now. Uh, so we had, I just wanted to kind of do broad takeaways from, from week one uh, before, before we dive into like, you know, this week's matchups, uh, if we want, you can, we can get, you know, into more detail on specific games that you thought or specific teams that you were interested in. But, uh, I just thought I'd throw it out, like, you know, wide net this thing and say, okay, let's, you know, what, what stuck out to you, uh, in the West as a whole, uh, whichever one of you wants to open. Um, for me, Europe felt pretty similar to me, like like uh, we had kind of talked about before. It did feel a little raw, but you would expect that with the number of rookies that we have running around in, in uh, the LEC and the number of new lineups that we have running around in the Wait, LEC. I think they said they have like was it 17 rookies or something like that, or, or like new starters at least. Yeah, and even the teams that don't have rookies really are still usually new compositions of players. So you're still going to take a little bit of time to get acclimated to your teammates and all that. So I, I kind of expected that from the LEC, and that's kind of what we've seen. Uh, North America left a completely different impression on me, and I know anyone who follows me on Twitter has seen my post this last weekend, but I really felt like this was going to be the season that North America said, okay, we've got to join the rest of the world here. Like, we've got to ramp up the aggression, and we got to start taking these, like, 50-50 plays. And it was, at least in the first week, the complete opposite. Like, everyone was so passive. Uh, I posted on Twitter – there was just an absurd number of times where it was clear that a fight was about to break out and people burned ultimates and people got chunked down and everyone was in a, you know, was in a phone booth together. And then everybody just ran away. Like the fight just stopped and they all like, Nope, we're out of here. And everybody just peaced out. Like it was really, really embarrassing for me. Uh, yeah. I don't know what else to say. I was just embarrassed for them. I mean, let's let's elaborate on that point, and then we'll kind of just like you know we'll improv this as we go because I, we have, we have some more time to talk about the West because there's there's fewer there's less to cover right now, so we can we can go into a little bit of minutia on this one. So, uh, so do we think I wanted to bring the, I wanted to bring up the the whole the whole best of one concept, but we can kind of tie it into this as this this point you're making. 
Mm-hmm. How much of this do we think is just the quality of the teams, quality of the coaching, quality of the players, uh, versus like maybe it's just beginning nerves, and we got like we're extrapolating too much from like a two day, like a two game sample size for some of these teams? Because I, I happen to agree with you. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate and see like okay, like maybe this isn't as bad as it looks, and we'll see something like what are the, what are the odds we see something completely different next like next week? Well, that's the hope. And I've been uh, listening to the Dive podcast and they're talking about how this is atypical even for North America. And they blame it solely more so on the late scale champion like Senna, who has been picked, I think, every single game uh, or maybe banned, picked and banned 100%. That's that goes across for Senna and Aphelios. And so they're playing such a strategy that I. It's boring, to be quite honest. And <clears throat> don't know how much it's nerve. I hope they change. They do expect them to, uh, once they develop more comfort, to show something different this week. But so far, <clears throat> I, I am a little bit afraid that this might be the meta. This is the style that they need to play. I've already noted that in LPL, the, the kill counts were low in and of itself. Aggression was low. And so I thought, well, maybe that's just LPL shifting something. But the LCS tried to do something even slower, and I'm like, this is not going to help you at all in internationals. I, I, I really hope they do something different, but I'm not optimistic. I, I will say there, there's something to be said for, uh, and and this is kind of, you used to see Korea do this at like at big tournaments where they would just march out this like really vanilla like, you know, fundamentally sound like we're just going to play you know basic League of Legends. We're going to pick solid champions, solid team comps, and just play. You didn't see a lot of, like, anything crazy, anything unique. They were basically just going to, like, put themselves out there, feel the game out, feel the meta game out. So you'd see Korea lose games in, like, yeah, at Worlds, right? Like, think, like, 2015, 16, 17, right? You would mm-hmm. see SKT lose games. They were, like, the best team there a lot of the time. But you would see them lose games while they're feeling things out. I will say it's much easier to play scaling than it is to play, like, up-tempo, execution-based styles. Like... It's the think think back to last year. What was like one of the, what were the two champions we hated in NA? Right, Olaf and Lucian. Right, we hated yep. Olaf and Lucian in NA. Why? Because they would get ahead in games and they would never they they didn't know how to close the door. Right. Yeah. So, I think if you compound compound that, like I think there's a lot of factors that go into this, and I'm I'm not willing to totally abandon hope yet, <laughs> based on one week. But like, there's a lot of reasons that. One, these teams maybe a little bit, you know, rusty, getting back into the pace of things. And the coaches probably said, let's just play it safe. I don't happen to agree with that at all, but so you have that combined with maybe, you know, first couple games, people getting back up to speed. Uh, I, I think in NA specifically, you have a lot of, you know, veterans uh, that maybe are a little too comfortable in their jobs. Maybe just going to throw that out there. And then I think the metagame right now also is is compounding on this, where it's like, okay, you're rewarded for being aggressive early, but you can also get punished and lose the game like on the spot if something fails. So if the coaches and players don't trust themselves to execute on a high level, which is a problem in itself, then you're going to see people erring on the side of just play it safe, right? So. I'll say teamwork felt like a big issue to me as well. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm gonna say I don't, I don't want, I'm not making excuses at all because there was a lot of stuff where it was just like just wrong. Like, there's a lot of stuff about League of Legends that's like you know non, you know non-binary. Like, it's not yes or no. It's not black or white. It's not you know. There's a lot of like 
maybe you could construe it this way. Maybe you can construe it this way. Like, it's up to you. But there were a lot of plays in NA this weekend that were just like, oh, that's just wrong. Like, you just make a pick and do nothing with it. Like, that happens so many times. And I know, like, there's times where it's like it's not always – there's not always something there to get or it's, like, risky to continue doing something. But there wasn't even an attempt to do anything over-aggressive, like, at all. Whereas in Europe, it was, Europe honestly was the total opposite. Like some of the some of the score lines and the and the the stats didn't reflect this as much. But like, if you watch Europe this weekend, even these new players were just like, "Yeah, let's go for it." Oh, I messed up. Oh well, and like that's it, right? Like they make a pick, they go for it. They're deci- like it was. There was a lot more decisiveness in Europe, even from like rookies. And maybe that's I don't know if that's a mentality thing or a skill gap thing or what. But, like. I don't know. Do you guys have any hope for NA? I- I'm hoping that this was just like a – it's just going to be like a couple-week thing where, while they get comfortable. I I think the teamwork is going to be a big deal when some of these teams start getting more teamwork down. I did – because I did notice that there were some players or some individual plays that looked like what I wanted to see from teams. But a lot of times the the teamwork around it – the one of the big moments I'm thinking of is uh, EG going for a Rift Herald and – it's Fence Garen and, and somebody, maybe Kumo, that are working on the Rift Herald. And Jizuke walks up from mid, and two enemies are there. And Jizuke just pops in there on his ear and ults them towards his teammates. And his teammates just don't react at all. His teammates were like, and wait, so, what, dude? <laughs> and, and so Jizuke, then Jizuke just walks away, and then the other two guys walk away. And like, if, they, if the communication and the teamwork is better there, they get a good aggressive double kill, and then and they, they probably get the Herald. Like, I want to see those kinds of plays, and it just seems like maybe the communication and the, like, Maybe Jazuke's thinking, oh, they know I'm going to do this. My Vitality teammates would have known I was going yeah, for this. exactly. And so he just doesn't even say anything in the chat because he just assumes they know he's going to do this. So I think when the, when the teamwork gets better, we might see some better stuff, but NA definitely has to pick it up. Yeah, it's it's almost like... <laughs> I don't want to say... Because it's not entirely true, because there's a lot of European teams... I mean, we're going to talk about Origin in a little bit, but like uh, we'll, we'll do like an impressed and you know didn't impress segment or whatever, but... There's a lot of teams in Europe, like, I'm not saying this about the entirety of Europe, but I think, like, in general, like, European players tend to be way more impulsive, like, more t- more on the scale toward, like, the Chinese players. Yeah. And we've seen in the past, like, NA tends to skew more toward, like, the Korean end of the spectrum, where it's, like, you know, more reserved, more conservative, like, make the safe play, make the tech- make the strategically correct play, right? Like, make the percentage play. Whereas... You know, Europe and China are just like it's it's impulse, it's gut, it's it's yeah. you know, a, a, well, it's a lot more of that. Not every player, and you see that like just, that that's a that's a perfect example. We thought yeah. Jazuke was going to be good, right? Yeah, because he brings that like <laughs> exactly. more more than yeah. honestly more than like almost every other player. Like think about Europe in general. He's one of the more ball for lack of better terms, just ballsy players, right? Yeah, he's going to exactly, do his yeah. thing regardless of what's going on, and that's that. And I kind of like I hope. I, I'm with you. Like, I actually think Evil Geniuses were doing a lot of the right things. It's just the, the, the communication and the, the everything was not there yet. Like, the execution. The execution wasn't even that terrible. I mean, it was. But relative to first week NA, wasn't that bad. It's just a matter of communication. So I agree with that. Um, Teams that impressed? You, either region. Teams that impressed you? Uh, you just mentioned them, but Origin. Uh, mm. I thought Origin looked... I don't think they're a better team. I said this earlier. I don't think they're a better team, but I thought they looked better than G2 this last weekend. Origin looked sharp. They looked like they looked in midseason form. And we kind of said we said this going into the season, right? That some of these teams that were bringing back veterans were probably going to be 
they were going to look good, like, at the start. Maybe they don't have quite the ceiling, but Origin looked sharp, man. Like, I was really impressed with them. Like, they made, they made like, every right – it felt like they made every single right decision yeah. in both their games this weekend. It was, it was, uh, I think Upset is an upgrade over Patrick and yeah. looks – Oh, definitely. Fit in so well with the team. And, yeah, definitely Origin will be a team that you would you, – you, you can uh, – just not Rely so much on. with the FS. <laughs> not so much with the FS because they're still slow. You can just tell with that team that they're really, really well disciplined. Like they're just well coached, and like, yep. and maybe it's just that they're veterans and they've they've it's so ingrained to just do the correct. Th- like everything they do on the map is right. Like yeah. they don't they don't make on un- they rarely make unforced errors unless the other team is just like a wild you know a wild stallion or something that they're trying to, you know, lasso, right? Like they're going to struggle against a team like G2, right? Who just improvise and they're on the fly and they're just beast players, right? But they're going to, to me, origin are going to probably beat everybody else for a while until they yeah. get like, solved. They seem like definitive second best team yeah, in the league that's, to me after watching that first weekend, definitive second best. Yeah, and I'm, I say definitive second best. You say that like G two still number one. G two looked like they were clowning around in these games already. It's the first week of the damn season. Like, yeah, I'm gonna have to see a lot of bad stuff from G two for me to take them off the number one pedestal because they've just been so much better than everybody else for so long. Really, it's just the battle for second between Fnatic and Origin for me is like for this season. Yeah, and then like maybe Rogue or Shalka if they spike hit their ceiling, maybe they can compete in that spot too. But yeah. Oh, do, do you want to talk about? So we could we could bring that up too. Let's talk about. So we had Forgiven play his first couple of games back. He looked rusty. He did. I, I said in my thing with Prime yesterday. I think we might be in the darkest timeline where Forgiven is just an average. He's just average. Carry. No, <laughs> the worst timeline. No! <laughs> if he flames out, it's all right. But it's just too dark for him to just be a background mediocre eighty carry. So I I'll say this, and I, I kind of I like I literally wrote this down. I'm like I'll just I'm just gonna read my notes from that game i said um here we go forgiving kind of kind of got body but also opted for call and lane this is in the first game against xl right uh and did his job as a late game carry when both of his solo lanes were both his solo lanes in that game got solo kills before yeah. he like after his first buy so he's like yeah i'll just get a call whatever like i'm they're they're gonna carry and i'll be the late game backup plan right not usually his style but i actually think it was the correct call in that case but what I also wrote down was it was just a weird look by him not being completely all in on lane dominance like he's been historically. Chance and, it was just nerves, a first game back. But I also said if if he can get back to playing that style, this team is going to look an awful lot like the SK gaming teams that he was on that were that went to Worlds. Like the full court press, like just three dominant lanes that are going to pick winning lanes that are going to bully you around. Like they're going to look a lot like that if he can, if they, him and Dreams can get back to that. There's a there's a plus side you could see from this weekend as well, and it, it could be plus side and it could be downside depending on what it means. Like there's an indicator in these games, which was Dreams left the lane a lot. Yep. And I and I talked about a little bit as well with Prime that that can be a good thing if it means that Forgiven has learned to do both things to be lane dominant and also to play weak side. And if next week they bust out lane dominant and he looks just like he used to, and it turns out that he's just learning to play weak side as well, then that's going to be very scary for the other teams. Yeah, but because you can't, you can't just ban him out anymore. Like if that's yeah. the case. 
But if it turns out that he's just like really not as good, so they're just opting to have mid and top be their carries because he's just not playing fantastically, then that's a bad sign for Shulka. So it's hard to say what this means, but it definitely is a new look to have Dreams leaving the lane and to have the other lanes being the the guys who are really trying to win the early games for them. I thought, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll throw this to you guys too. Like, uh, Dreams felt like a little bit overzealous to me in a couple of these spots. Like, if he had, like, the right idea, but just, like, went a little too ham a couple of the times, got himself in trouble, but... He felt very Norse Garen-y to me. Norse yeah. Garen was a guy that did that a lot. Those had two the looked right quite idea, good, too, by the way. He looked very good, and so did Patrick. Yeah, I, I was I was impressed with that. I mean, <laughs> we could go into this, too. Like, the, the, the metagate would... <laughs> this is so hard to explain, because I've had to explain it a billion times, and it triggers me every time. When you have a metagame... Where it's both teams handshake and scale to late game, every game is going to feel like a fifty-fifty. Like the the fewer advantages you're pressing, the closer it gets to fifty-fifty. No matter how much better the players are, no matter, like once you get these are professional players, they're all good. They can all play yeah. that style. That's like the first thing you learn when you're playing organized League of Legends is how to play protect the carry and scale. Right. So you're not differentiating yourself in in any real way without like unique picks or anything like that. So if that's going to be the case, like it's going to be handshakes. It's going to feel a lot like season eight worlds did or not season eight, season seven worlds where the whole meta game was scaling two core scaling teams. Everybody was handshaking and that was that. And you had a lot of upsets at that tournament, right? So I, I don't know. I tend to like scaling metas, but I don't like them nearly as much now as I did then because, like, the vision game was a lot more complicated and you could cancel teleports and <laughs> some other things. But, yeah, I don't know. Any? How about uh, teams? So we mentioned teams we liked. Teams that disappointed anybody? Easily CLG for me. I mean, yeah. I know. I had that team really high, and I still believe in them, and I can make up a lot of excuses. But even if crown wasn't the issue like him not being with the team until like five days before i still thought the team didn't look like they know what they're doing uh, they didn't look like a bunch of veterans right now yeah and like you you, this this is one of the few teams that stuck together and i just i just can't shake this feeling that clg is just turning back to the old counter logic counter logic yeah (laughs) and you know dude you actually convinced me and I, I actually upgraded CLG. Like, I, I upgraded them to, like, that next tier up because you convinced me. I was like, there's a lot of continuity here. This is a team that's going to be just like Origin where they're just going to beat all the bad teams for a while. But uh, maybe maybe it was just a weird week. I thought I thought for the, the one game they had, Froggen just went nuts, played the Victor Cassio matchup, like, perfect. That's a really hard matchup for Crown, and if Crown's going to be the – driving force on this team and that was maybe a problem especially if you'd only gotten there recently i think i still think that team's going to be fine like to me there's no way that team doesn't make playoffs and that's the thing i think they're just going to be fine but my biggest issue right now is with smoothie i don't i I think biofrost is better for that team and smoothie has just not looked like uh, the smoothie that we all love and know from c9 that's how far back when i remember he was actually good yeah i mean well i guess again like the, the problem with the West is we have to we have to extrapolate from these like two best of ones like it's I don't know and you have beginners rust you have new teams joined together like there's a lot to to digest and everything but like uh, like John how any anybody disappointed you because I, I was with I was with Chris on CLG I'm in the same boat 
Was... Um, yeah, I mean, CLG was a big disappointment. TSM, uh, definitely a disappointment. But I'm hoping, I mean, we saw the posts on Twitter by Bjergsen saying he was sick this last weekend. And when I reviewed the games, I, I thought Bjergsen was a huge part of the problem when I was analyzing what was going wrong. So if that's the case, maybe. I mean, it sounds a little PRE to just come out there and, and say, oh, I was sick. It's a don't worry, we're going to beat everybody now. But if that's the case, maybe they get better in the future. I I always hate it when players do this. But, like, like I would almost rather him be, be like, I played like shit today. I need to step it up. And I know that's, like, PRE, too. Like, it's not, like, everyone says that. But I want to see him get mad. Like, I want to see him get pissed that he's not doing this anymore. But, like, I, this is why I mentioned, like, maybe there's too many people getting comfortable. That's yeah. a problem. Like, Bjergsen's a great player. He's still really good. He's when Faker had his down his Faker's down seasons remind me a lot of Bjergsen where like if you look at his metrics and you look at his play, he's doing a lot of the right things, it's just not working. But these games this weekend that wasn't the case. This, these games this weekend he just he missed a lot of opportunities in these games. Yeah, he he did just on an individual skill level did not look good and more so even than not looking good, did not look confident at all is what worried me the most. I said uh, in my review uh, of the TSM versus Immortals game, was it Immortals? That uh, there was like 10, 10 chances for Bjergsen to cut off Immortals and cause a fight that I think his team would have won. And and they would have been fairly safe plays, and he just didn't make them. He just walked away instead of popping over a wall on LeBlanc and causing havoc. Instead, he just walked away and let some fights go. It just looked like low confidence. I don't know. I don't know what these coaches can do to just like, I don't want to say, like, wake people. Again, I don't want to react to two games, but, like, I don't know what these coaches need to do to just, like, wake these people up. Like, I don't know if you need to have a coach that goes in there and just, like, throws a table across the locker room and then gets sued or something or gets fired, but, like, someone's got to, like, nut up or shut up. That's it. Like, period. That's all I want to say to, like, half these NA players. Like, dude, just make the play. Like, stop bitching. Stop making excuses. Make the damn play. Like, that's, that's like, all I wanted to say to all these NA players this weekend. Like, yeah. And, and honestly, go ahead. I would rather them go down like looking like an asshole because people that know what they're talking about, the public's going to be like, "Oh man, that was such a bad play." People that know what they're talking about, Jizuke is a great example of this. Jizuke yeah. made so many plays in Europe last year where he just looked like a total ass. Looked like he had no. Oh, he's inting. No, he's making the percentage play to get back into the game. It might look dumb when he does it, but guess what? He's he knows what he has to do, right? And he's not afraid to do it just because it's going to make him look bad because he wants to win the game. It's about winning. It's not about looking good, right? Yep, getting a death on the score sheet, you know, didn't matter that much to him where it seems like it's mattering to these people here. It it feels that way. I mean, I don't don't want to accuse yet, but it certainly feels that way, right? Um, Any players that impressed or or anybody in particular? I I thought Nuke Duck looked like a god this week, and he's not going to get LeBlanc for a little while. He was a savage this weekend. I did think he looked very good. The old man still got it. <laughs> Anybody else stick out to you? Or you want to uh, dive into this slate? Player-wise? Yeah, player-wise. Uh, I don't know if I player-wise, but I really am impressed by Matt Lyons as a team. They look nothing like Splice. They have a different play style, and maybe uh, they don't even have their full squat either. Yeah, it's, they're gonna they're gonna be cool. To, I, all these rookie teams in Europe are gonna be really fun to watch. I think, like, because they it's a lot of guys that have nothing to lose. They're playing they're playing for a career, right? Like, like let's go. Like, the, yeah, let's do it. And 
Yeah, Mad Lion. I mean, that that lead was legitimate. Like, G2 didn't start clowning. Or, uh, they didn't clown around as much in that game as they did in the second game. And, like, once they realized they kind of got ahead in that game, then they started just throwing plays at them. Like, there were, all that nonsense that was happening top lane in that game after, like, they got their first two kills or whatever, they were just denying waves the whole time. Like, the whole time, like, the gold's just, like, standing still for Mad Lions. It's a classic G2, dude. Just fight to deny. Fight to deny. I don't even... <laughs> but... Yeah, I don't know. I, they looked pretty sharp in that in that opening, and maybe it was just beginner's luck, but I guess we'll see. I was I was impressed with them. Uh, you guys want to get into this slate? Let's do it, man. All right, so Let's we have go. we have uh, Friday, the thirty first. Uh, we're gonna open on Rogue plus one fifty against Origin minus two hundred. This feels like Rogue to me, right? I I thought Rogue looked pretty sloppy this weekend. Consider like all the, considering that they basically returned the same roster, like that they were playing with the, at the end of summer, right? There was enough continuity there that I, and they were pretty good at the end of the year, right? Obviously, they had that crazy playoff run and everything. They looked, I don't know, they they looked like they weren't thinking about a lot of their play. Finn really stuck out to me as like not you know making a lot of bright decisions, so to speak. <laughs> um, Larson looked excellent. He's gonna be a beast. He's gonna be a really good player, but. They they didn't look sharp to me, and maybe it was just like the first weekend. Like I, I'm willing for for Rogue, I'm willing to say it was like a first weekend thing. Like maybe they're just getting back into the swing of things. But and as good as Origin looked, I think I'm gonna be on Rogue here. I I think I think Origin looked too good for me to be on Rogue in this spot. I think I'm I'm passing on this game. There's a lot of games I really like this week. I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna mess with this one. Yeah, I, I'll I'll bring I'll bring this up too. Um, so the kill totals obviously came down. Uh, they were 26, 27, 28 range for all the regions last week. I'm seeing 24 and a half, 23 and a half. Uh, <laughs> G2 is 29 and a half, of course, right? Uh, is this a bit of an overreaction? Like, I, I tend to think when you have small sample size, it tends to skew toward overreacting to what you've seen, right? Obviously, a lot of the kill totals were under this total, so it's kind of like meeting halfway. But I think once the teams are a little more comfortable on stage in week two, I'm, I think you're willing to see things open up, especially in Europe. Maybe not in NA. It might take them another couple weeks. But uh, I'm liking the over and kill totals in pretty much all these matchups this weekend. Yeah, there's some good matchups for it, too, in my opinion. Um, Chris, what do you think? Rogue Origin? Uh, Man, I, I don't – I like I said, I think – Origin is playing really good League of Legends right now. It's very fundamental. I think this is uh, what they wanted to do since the beginning, and now they found the pieces. I, I don't... The odds are good, but I'm not taking Rogue for this one. Yeah, but I, I should probably listen to my own advice and stay away from this one, but we'll see. There's a good chance this moves toward Origin. You get better value on Rogue closer to game time, too. I think so, actually, yeah. I think you'd be safer waiting. Yeah, so... So if you like if you like rogue wait probably you could probably get like a 160 or 170 by game time. Uh Misfits plus 120 SK Gaming minus 163. Um Misfits looked like by far the worst team in the league to me. Um but I'm not sure that I want to pay 163 for SK who I think is the second worst team in the league. So I th- I think probably another pass on this one from me. Yeah, I almost I almost like fading perception a lot because I agree. Like Misfits looked pretty bad in their wins or in their in their games, but uh, SK and SK looked better than I thought they were going to look, but like still not great. Yeah, 
I might I might dabble in misfits. I'm I'm still trend I'm still leaning dogs early in the season. If they were a bigger number, I'd agree with you. But yeah. one point is not enough, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, like I took all these lines from one place. Obviously, shop around. If you see a better number, then it's better. If you like, if this was one forty, it's more appetizing, right? Yeah, I think one forty, one fifty yeah. would feel a lot better to me. Chris, what do you think? Misfits, SK. Uh, I think this is enough of a at least for DFS purposes. I could take a chance on Misfits. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're gonna win, but the chances are good. I do want to see them trying something out other than trying to keep the same lineup with Featherfin. If they do that, I'm more likely leaning Misfits. But for now, no. You know what? I'm gonna take Misfits. I, I mean, early, me and John were talking early. briefly before you got here. Like, I don't think Fabib like Fabibin looked okay in those games. Like, he didn't he didn't look like the problem at all. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like, that's it's not the solution either. So yeah, that's like you're... yeah, that I'd agree with as well. Like, I thought he looked alright, like better than I thought he would. But again, it's like you know a couple games. So, um, currently, I'm gonna lean Misfits. But again, that's gonna be another one where I'm gonna wait for a better number because I don't. I don't think SK is that great. No, so. I think SK is a, a bottom table team as well. I think so. these teams are like the same. Like they're in the same tier to me. Like for different, like they're good at diff- better at different things. Upside and downside are better or like different, but they're basically in the same tier to me. It's again like you know coin flip, take fifty fifty, you know take the plus money. Uh, Vitality and G two is currently off the board. I think why both Vitality games are off the board is just because they don't know who the starting mid laner is. I'm guessing, yeah, they're waiting to, to see if they're going to get Melitza back or not. They, I think they – didn't they say – so I heard it was a visa issue, and then on the broadcast they were saying it was because he was sick. Do we yeah, know I'm which not it, sure is? What it is? I mean, I know I'm that not... – I know neither doesn't mean anything necessarily. It could just be, you know, full front, but – I'm really – I'm still surprised they're holding the lines out for those games because, like, does anyone really care as yes. far as vitality strength? Is Melitza really that much different? I'm not sure. but Maybe. I don't... Maybe if that's who they were practicing with all season, maybe they True. looked worse than they are. I, I don't know. I mean, is anybody taking Vitality against G2? Uh, I don't think that's going to matter. <laughs> yeah, the, the second matchup, it will matter. Like, Rogue versus Vitality, if the number's good enough, I could maybe see. Because Rogue didn't look exactly sharp in the first you know, the first week. Mm. So maybe. I don't know. Uh, so that's off the board for now. Um, G2 is going to be like minus 1,200 or something stupid. Minus like 800 or something like that. For best of one, yeah, their uh, their price in DFS is absurd. So if what if let's talk like kill spread, kill total minus seven and a half. So G two is minus seven and a half against Origin. That's that's nuts to me. But we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. What's the kill spread on this one? Minus ten, ten and a half. Yeah, probably something right in that range. Is it like worth laying that, or they do they clown around too much? To... They could clown around and still like accidentally fall into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, cause they they G two is gonna be like the Chiefs. They're gonna be like, yeah, yeah, we'll punt. You know, let you let you take the lead, and then we'll score fifty straight points or some nonsense. <laughs> like, so, um, next up we have Mad Lions minus two fifty against Excel plus one seventy five. This is this is gonna be one of the most divisive things of this weekend. Is how strong do you think Mad Lions are? Because the books, DraftKings, everywhere. Thinks Futures, that Mad Lions is everything. Is, yeah, ever they everybody thinks Mad Lions is very good. Um, like just how the numbers are turning out. I'm not buying it yet. 
I think they're solid, but I don't they think they're good. I don't think they're anywhere near where these books and DK and stuff are putting them. I, I have them as underdogs in both of their games this weekend, mm-hmm. and both DraftKings and betting will have them both as favorites this yeah. weekend. I'd honestly put this game even money. Like if I was like capping it myself, it's just even like because I thought Excel overperformed last week, and I thought Mad Lions was like pretty good. But Excel to me, like, definitely looked better than I thought they were going to. Um, I guess, like, not that much better, but they looked pretty good, right? Yeah, it's, I thought. They, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh yeah, I think they they look really solid, and I'm really surprised about this uh, from this line because Excel, I like the way that they're thinking and uh, uh, how they're playing. So this is not that big of a difference in terms of skill level, and I, honestly. Uh, makes me want to like Excel even more. I'm just not sure where the books are coming up with this. Like, it's four rookies in Humanoid. It's price because like, of spice, dude. Like, that's it what it is. Be, right? It has it to be. Has like, to there's be. no other way around. Like, to me, that, that it just has to be that. Like, I, I, I kept trying to find a way. Like, are they, like, factoring in the performance of the rookies in, like, EU Masters? Like, I don't know. Like... Yeah, I can't see any reason why they should be so highly rated. And it's not just because of their first weekend and their good game against G2, because they were like this for futures. Like yeah. they were, they, they were, were like the fourth favorite team. Yeah, by, like I, a lot. Like they were way more than like the fifth favorite team. <laughs> like, yeah, it has to be that they're being treated like they were spliced. So, I mean, I think you got to have to take advantage of the fact that Excel's an underdog in this spot. Yeah, I think you just need to take advantage of pricing. And and also Excel like looked. If this if this was the Excel, I thought like unexciting just gatekeeper excel that we thought going into the season maybe i'm a little less bullish on it but like excel looked, excel looks like the better team to me even though mad lines jumped out to a lead on g2 right like jumping out to a lead is it, it's it matters but they didn't exactly do a lot with it i know it's g2 see i i almost like treat them worse because of that because they punted the lead like that yeah, because if you're the kind of team that can get that kind of lead and throw it, then you can do that against anybody. Yeah, like anybody. exactly, exactly. Not just G2. If you're the kind of team that can get a three or 4,000 lead and then lose, then you could do that again in any matchup. Yeah, so. and if you watch that if you watch that game, sometimes there's games where G2 you know get behind early and they just are brilliant. Like They just make exactly the right plays they need to make to come back in a game. This, If you watch that game, it was more mad being inexperienced. Like, not cover, not expecting the other team to – it felt like they were, like, like 10 seconds behind every play, right? Yeah. Where, like, they would go to set up Baron, G2 was already there. Which is good on G2, but that's going to be – any good team is going to do that, right? So, once G2, like, started getting some momentum back in that game, it was just over. Like, you just you – could, you could see them crumbling. Like, so, yeah, I agree with you. Like, if, if they showed that against that team – and I know G2's good, but just pretend it's not G2 – Remove G two from the equation. Say like if it was generic, you know, third place team, like good, a good playoff team. You're, like that's gonna the same thing was gonna happen. Like the yeah. same thing would happen against Origin. The same thing probably would happen against Shalka or Rogue. Maybe Rogue like closer to mid season form, but like any of those teams, Fnatic. Same thing yeah. would have happened, right? Um. So I do think that was more of a Mad Lions loss than a G two brilliant comeback. To be honest with you, like G two did what they do, but. I, I it, people are going to be too quick to say, "Oh, there it is, G two doing their thing again." I think it was definitely more. It was like seventy five percent Mad Lines 
not doing what they needed to do with a lead and 25% G2 doing what they were supposed to, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if they, in that case, I, I I love Excel here. Like, yeah, this, this is way off. And I do love Excel here. Yeah. It's one of my favorite bets of the weekend. We'll see. I actually think maybe this might be my favorite bet value-wise. <laughs> I was going to ask you, it was but, the right time <laughs> But I, I didn't put it as my pick of the week specifically because I want my pick of the week to uh, to be about a specific narrative. So Ah, okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. We'll, we'll, uh, I, I wrote it down. It could change. It could change. We'll see. Um, Chris, you're also on Excel, right? I think the value is too good. I, I mean, yeah. I, it, it is coin flippy in a way that if, if Matt can – sustain a lead hopefully they can learn from their mistake but they are they look more or less like a rookie team and that's why they couldn't uh finish but yeah i think hopefully they they learn from that i mean the good thing with rookies is they they could just be exponentially better this week yeah you know like we don't i mean we don't know like that could definitely happen um so like maybe they because when you have younger players they learn it you know, they have so much more they're taking in, like, every week they're getting so much better, right? Like, the diminishing returns hasn't set in yet. Yeah. So maybe they just learn a ton from this week and smash. I don't know. But I'm willing to bet against that. Uh, last game on Friday, we have Schalke plus 275, Fnatic minus 400. What? <laughs> well, like, I don't know if it should be plus 400 or minus 400, but I do think Fnatic's a pretty sizable favorite against Yeah, uh, like, uh, Fnatic had a that, – that game won – I mean, we saw Origin's good. Origin looked good, so I don't, I don't want to hold that against Fnatic. And clearly, they came out and just smashed their next game. But like in that game against Origin, they had a really weird draft. Did you like they had the the Swain plus uh, was it Swain Diana? They did. Yeah, it's like really weird. Like I know Bwipo's a, a Swain player, but like the Bwipo was trying way too hard to carry that game. I don't know if you saw some of the plays he was making. He was just like way, way over aggressive. And that's kind of the that's kind of the Whippo hallmark though. Yeah, I guess. Part of why I think he's a high ceiling player, but he's Hooney. not necessarily yeah. He's prime Hooney. Yeah. Like later in that game, he was still a beast in that game, but it just didn't matter because they were too far down and Origin is too disciplined, right? They didn't give them the ways back in that some other teams are going to. Yeah. I, I still like look, I Shalka yeah, maybe maybe Forgiven didn't come out and do exactly what I wanted him to be. Like uh, maybe maybe God Given isn't back yet, but like like you said, maybe that's just him showing that he's developing that angle of his game. I Shalka, st- I mean Odo Odo and, and Abadaga were literally solo killing. Yeah, like those two those two can actually hang with the Fnatic solo lanes. Yeah, so, I think they're both very good. And I thought Xerxes looked really really good too. So I don't know, like or not Xerxes, uh, Gilius, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. This is—it's just too much for me in a best of one. Give me, give me Shalka plus two seventy-five. That's way too I'm much. Gonna pass off this one. That's way too much. Um, Saturday. Oh, here we go. Chris, Chris is back. So, Chris, we have Shalka and Fnatic. We already, we already talked it up. Who do we like? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, if I would like to see a hope for a good game, I think the John gave me the narrative last night that this is the reckless versus forgiven show. And so a little narrative there, reckless and forgiven, a bit of a history throwback. That's that's uh that's the fun I'm going to look forward to as far as the FS goes. Probably not my first priority for game. Uh, I'm taking Fnatic for now. Yeah, 400 is too much for me, but I, I'm going to be on Chalker here for sure. In a best of one, although I do think Fnatic's better. So, 
Um, Saturday, we have Misfits, plus 125. Excel, minus 175. Seems about right to me. I don't know. I think I think I'm paying on Excel in the spot. Yeah. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to buy too much into the week, the week one narrative. But you also hate forgive forbidden. So I just think it wasn't even forbidden. It was yeah. my, like Bavoy looked really bad. Uh, Dan Dan did not look like really good, which is what I wanted him to do. Like when well, I, I I ranked Misfits like sixth, I think like sixth or seventh. And mo- and a lot of it was because like Dan Dan was very good last season. And I thought you know if the- kind of like Viper on FlyQuest, if they give him the reins and they say like okay we're going with you, like I think he'll be able to live up to it. But he was not that good last weekend, so I think Misfits looks pretty bad. I might you, pay one seventy five. Do you just ignore the Nocturne game? So for those that didn't watch, Dan Dan played Nocturne top like as an attempted counter. I don't because he played Aphilios right. The other team had Aphilios, Eddie Carey. Mm. Maybe that was the reasoning for it. But, like, I, I don't know if that's, like, a pocket pick against Aatrox. It might be. I'd have to ask someone that knows top lane more. Like, maybe it's a pocket pick for – because I know solo lane, like, mid lane Nocturne has some things that he's good against, like Twisted Fate. And, Betty but... has said on the cast that it's, a like, a really good counter for Aatrox, but I don't know. For, I don't know personally. I guess he just, like, heals up fast. Like, just auto-attack dueling, he heals faster because it's every third auto as opposed to Aatrox being gated by his ultimate. So maybe that's it. I don't know. Like, I, I guess that's it. I guess it was, like, a counter pick, and it definitely didn't work. <laughs> like, it was not even remotely close to working. Like, even in the duels, it wasn't as lopsided as you'd think. So, um, yeah, I don't – I Maybe they're just bad. I don't know. I, I, I could be talked into this. We'll see. I got I to gotta think on it more. But I, I think Excel win this game. I think the price is probably about right on this one. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think this is also a non – maybe the books are still thinking this is the old Excel. Maybe. As we can see from the previous day how they priced them such a big underdog to this match. Not only because it's Splice, but also the old Excel from last year. Yeah. And so this this sounds to me like it's like what seventy or sixty five for thirty five kind of deal. I don't even know the odds, but it's so close is... for a team against Misfit. I, I I just don't think Misfits can win a single game this whole split. Wow! Whoa. All right, come Calling on now, bro. Real. Bro, oh and eighteen for real. I mean, H two K did it. Oh my god, I forgot about Chris that. Chris and uh, Calvin have switched places. Chris is the hot take guy now. Chris is the hot take machine. Chris is the hot take machine. Uh, wow. I don't know if they look that bad. I don't know that maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Um, next up, we have Shawka plus one fifty. Mad Lions minus two hundred. Give me Shawka again, dude. <laughs> Another one of my favorite values of the whole weekend. I, I just. I really have to think they're pricing Mad Lions a splice because I, I don't have yeah. them as a favorite against Shalko or XL. Are we doing the double fade Mad Lions parlay? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I definitely am am playing both of the opponents of the Mad Lions this weekend. So, yeah, it's just like uh, this is like savvy. This is like veterans against rookies, and like good veterans too. It's not like. It's not like they're washed up or anything. I mean, maybe forgiveness. Well, we yet yet to find out. But the the soul laners <laughs> definitely aren't. <laughs> Quickly, right. if Matt Lyons goes like after this week, four and zero or three and one, do we change our tune a little, or is this still beginner's luck? So, 
it'll depend on how they do it to me personally. But like, uh, this team was doing a lot of good things. They they were, and the players look confident. They just aren't that bright yet. They need to be co- they need to be coached up, and experience is going to help them a lot. And you know, w- when you stepped out, uh, we were talking about how there's a chance this team just gets twice as good. Like there's exponential growth, like up to a point of diminishing returns for all these young players, right? Where they that first couple that first week of stage games, they're just going to be like, okay, that's figured out. Now I know, and they learn, you know, at a very quick rate, as opposed to veterans who don't have that much more to learn, right? So there, there's a chance that happens, and if they if they go like two zero this weekend in decisive fashion, maybe I change my tune a little bit, but I'm probably still going to fade them next week because they're going to be way overpriced again, like. It's yeah, a pr- it's a pricing good. issue to me. It's not that I don't think Mad Lions can be good. Like I th- I think they have a lot of potential and but this to this to me this is just a pricing issue. Yeah, they're starting in a in a bad spot to be betting them because they're just starting in in what I think is clearly an out of whack spot for for what we know of them and so it's going to be hard to bet them for a while. Yeah, like if this price was reversed, I would like Mad Lions. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Like too. it's the same yeah, same with the other matchup. It was the same way. I I love Mad Lions in that spot because it's just a pricing issue to me. It's not. It's not really a slight on the team. So, uh, we all on Chalka here. Surprisingly, Bye. I am. Yeah. Um, Rogue versus Vitality once again off the board because the Vitality situation. Uh, probably gonna favor Rogue there, depending on the number, unless it's like absurd. Fnatic minus six hundred. SK Gaming plus three fifty. Is this enough for you, Mister Underdogs? Yeah. It's enough? Yeah. It's best of ones week two, dude. Yeah. Give me the dogs. Dogs yeah, are I'm working. Not, I'm, not <laughs> I'm not betting this one either. The, uh, si- the system did not go well in week one, I'll have you know. I hit a couple. I did, did hit a couple. A- did you bet NA that way? Because NA would have been... Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, bet NA with, NA, I did bet NA that way except for EG. EG, I, EG day, I laid the money to win the, to win the one. So. In the second day, three out of four... There was three out of four uh, underdog winners. Yeah, so let me see. I have my uh, thing right here. I know because I didn't think there were going to be any underdog winners, and it's three out of four. So NA, I ended up like even basically, and that was laying a buck sixty-seven to win one on EG. So, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> give me SK. Might be like a half unit play, but give me SK. Like I, I don't know. I know Fnatic are good, but give me the dogs. No bad, but I think Fnatic's going to win. Yeah, I think Fnatic's going to win, too. Do you, any any interest in the kill spread? Eight and a half? Let if you think Fnatic's that much better and they're going to win, it's probably going to be a pretty clean... Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So these games are so weird because you have teams that are timid and just won't fight, but the teams that will fight, like, you get a lot of these games that are going to end, like, 18 to 12 or 18 to 14. Where like one team is clearly dominant, but because there's it's all like five v five death balling, you just have like okay, this team won a four for two, this team got a five for three, this team got a three for two, like, and they get an objective off of it, and you end up with these like thirty kill games where the teams are fighting and not not being NA and shying away from fights, <laughs> yeah, but like are you know butting heads and there's a lot of kills less than assists going around, right? So eight and a half is a a pretty big number. Uh, I don't know if I'd I'd mess with that, but you know, I just thought I'd pitch it out there. Like with these big favorites, that's like the only way to bet them, right? In best of ones. Yeah, 
Uh, eight and a half. Eight and a half might be good enough for that matchup. I think I would take eight and a half. Fanatics. Fanatics a bloody team. So when they win, they're gonna be. They're gonna get a lot of kills. Yeah. And they did look a lot better in their second game too. It looked like they kind of shook off. Maybe it was just like the first game. The first game in a really weird draft. Once they had a like a much clearer draft, it was a lot better, right? So, I mean, also, I don't know. That's Nocturne top. I don't. I can't. <laughs> like I can't. Like I don't know how much. I don't know how much to weigh that, right? Uh, G two minus three fifty. Origin plus two fifty. We get the number one, number two. The end of the second week. This is a spot where I think I like the underdog. Yeah, two fit. We all know G two is good. We all know G two tend to punt games. Origin. We've talked about how Origin struggle with teams like G two that don't play by the rules, but like Origin are also fundamentally sound enough that if G two mess around with this game, then Origin are going to take the lead and they're not going to give it back to them. Yeah, two fifty is just a big number yeah. for what I consider to be at the moment the second best team in the league. Yeah, against, against one of the most volatile teams in the league in G two. Yeah, that's that number is just a little big for me. I'm going to end up playing uh, Origin here. Do you play? Do you play this like like think? If you had G two and Fnatic last year in a best of one, it was never this big, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, like, and it's this is the kind of spot where you would take Fnatic last year at plus two fifty. Yeah, and I'm not ta- I'm not saying I'm not comparing Origin to Fnatic from last year at all, but like. In those games, I think I I think those games were like minus two hundred plus one fifty. Right? Yeah, they were. Like Fnatic was like plus one fifty. I don't know. Origin looked really sharp in week one, and they you know like they're not missing a beat. So give me that. Give me Origin in this spot. I'm with you on that. Yep, I'm in on that one. All right. Uh, anything else in Europe? Any other notes? Twenty nine and a half is the kill total in that game. By the way, that's can I hammer the under on that? I don't know if they're gonna be that high. I dude, I would. Straight I think up. I like the under. I like the when under. when you have competitive teams it tends toward the under and when you had a spike performance like g2 showed like in terms of kills yeah, give me the under. 29 and a half is a huge for comparison every other number on this eu slate is 24 and a half besides shocker and fanatic which is 23 and a half it's five kills difference that's nuts give me the under that's overreaction i mean watch there's gonna be 80 kills in this game but whatever <laughs> Whatever, I'll, I'll take that loss because that game will be hilarious. So it's only because we said it. That's why. It's yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe that's the maybe that's the play. Under twenty nine and a half minus a buck twenty, like, something like I that. I definitely like it. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else in Europe? We go to North America. Let's go to Let's go to the land of hell. <laughs> oh my god, for real. So we open up with CLG minus one thirty eight against one hundred thieves. I don't Stop. even know. I I, I want to say I want to fade the slow start and take CLG here. I think I like CLG here. It's yeah. tough with how they looked in week one, but I talked in a little bit on the Prime podcast about how for the first couple of weeks I like to make my power rankings before the season starts and stick to it no matter yeah, what happens same. in the first couple of games. Same deal. And so I still have CLG rated uh, a decent amount higher. So I think I like CLG at minus one thirty eight. This would be like a, another show I listen to would call this a close your eyes special. Just, <laughs> just like, just, but yeah, it's like I do the same thing. Like you got to stick to your your preseason evaluation, right? And I don't know. CLG looked kind of rough around the edges, but they're if Crown just got there five days before, they're going to be twice as good as they were last week, right? Yeah, like five days yeah. is a short amount of time, even for professional players. So. Yeah, give me CLG, and it's a hundred. Hundred thieves looked pretty good. I was impressed with them. Like they, yeah. they looked a lot better than I thought they were going to be, but give me give me CLG here. Yep, agree. Chris? 
CLG. Yeah, it's got to be CLG. I'm sticking to my guns. I'm not going to give up on my boys yet. Yeah, I, I think we all like CLG here. But I was kind of surprised that maybe they're the favorite. Maybe it hasn't convinced the bookies to give 100 Thieves. Although 100 Thieves did look bad in the last Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. No kill totals out for these yet that I've seen. Dignitas plus 162, Liquid minus 225. Is this just a gross overreaction to Liquid losing? Yeah, so this is the best number you're ever going to see for this matchup. Uh huh. You're never going to see Liquid at minus 25 against Dignitas ever again. So you can make your decision on that. I think you kind of have to just bet Team Liquid here. They're just not going to lose to Dignitas. Like, and uh, Dignitas are another team that were better than I thought they were going to be, but that's relative, right? Like, that's that's going from a D to a C minus or D to a C, like a C, right? Like, it's not like there's a huge, a, a huge difference here, right? Yeah. I mean, and we kind of made the point that this is one of those teams along with the mortals that we thought had a shot to upset some teams in the first couple of weeks yeah. with a lot of veteran players on there. So I expect Dignitas's trend to be downward. For yeah, sure. Froggen, Froggen's also not going to get a, a really, really favorable matchup like he did. And for those that don't know, Victor is like insanely good against Cass. Oh, that was CLG, wasn't it? No. Uh, the, victory, the victory game was CLG. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, sorry. I'm trying to think what they had here. What did Frog and play in, these, in this second game? I'm looking right now. Frog and played Ori in the second game. That's what it was. Oh, yeah, his, his Oriana looked very good as well. Frog in general looked very good the first weekend. Yeah, I mean... It's one weekend. I don't want to. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it yet. But looks I just have a hard good. time. I have a hard time believing that he's like a super stud mid. No, no, he's not. He's year, just you know, very so. solid. Like he's not double lift where he's like gotten better and better and better and better and better over his career. But he hasn't really gotten worse. Like yeah. the field has gotten better, but he's still just as good. But yeah, I agree. Like he's not—he's not a stud or anything. But he's just—he's rock solid. Like he—he he so rarely has bad games, right? Um, I would agree with that. So, give, give me liquid. You're—you're you're never going to see this. Is this line's going to be minus eight hundred in? Yeah, it's later in, in the season. In six weeks, this will be like a hundred percent. It will be. Yeah. This is, yeah. Liquid are going to figure it out. Greg is not going to have two good games in or three good games in a row. Give me, yeah. <laughs> give, give me liquid money. I'll lay the 225. That's fine with me. Yeah, I'm paying the 225. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I'll take free money. Uh, Cloud9 minus 500 against Immortals plus 333. Uh, Immortals got a game, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, how, much, how much stock do we want to put into this is the question. How how much stock do we do we put any stock into anything that happened in any of this weekend at all? Not much. Uh, the only one of the things I'll put a little bit of stock into is um, is FlyQuest. I'm going to put a little bit of stock into them. Not that I think they're as good as they looked last weekend, but that they're if they're willing to play aggressively like that, they're going to win some games just off that. Yeah, FlyQuest look like they 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 have the right idea. They're just not that yeah. good, but they have the right yeah. idea, which means something in NA because nobody else has the right idea. So Yeah, they're going to steal some games. If they continue playing really aggressively like that, they're going to steal some games just from aggression. So I'm going to take like some of the stylistic things I'll take away, but not general skill level of teams. Uh, so 
Is this just, I don't know, Cloud9, is this a stay away or are you going to dabble in Immortals at all? No, nah, I'm staying away. I'm, 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 I, I hate Immortals upside. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I might dabble. <laughs> this might be like a half, <laughs> this might be like a half unit play or quarter unit play. Yeah, I could see that. We'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe a third to win, to win one, you know. Um, Golden Guardians plus 175, Evil Genius is minus 250. EG, so to me, there were like three teams that looked pretty good. FlyQuest, because they had the right idea. Not that they were executing well, but they had the right idea. I thought EG looked really good, because I thought they were like the blend, where it's like, okay, clearly there's some chops here, and once the communication gets there, they're going to be good. Like, But they also have the right idea. They're like making plays, they're being very proactive, right? Yeah. And then I think Cloud9 actually looked pretty good. Yeah. Like Cloud9 looked, sh- Cloud looked sharp, like mid-season form, Cloud9 like you know, wasn't perfect or anything, but... They looked pretty good. So, like, to me, those three teams stick out as the teams that have the right idea and they're doing the right things. Is that enough to lay 250? Like, we thought I, Golden Guardians were going to come out slow, right? Yeah, and I'm not I'm not going to bet Evil Geniuses here. I actually think I think Golden Guardians had one of the best 0-2 weeks I've ever seen. Like, they went 0-2, but I thought yeah. they were pretty well. Closer looked great, which I was predicting coming into the season. I think this this team will figure some things out. They they did not look bad to me considering they went O two. Yeah, and and if we think Cloud Nine looked pretty good, like they were playing against maybe looked maybe the best looking team from week one. Yeah, and I think Cloud Nine probably was right. Yeah, yeah, I think Cloud Nine was the best looking team from week one. Yeah, so if you factor in that they played against you know Cloud Nine, I mean Hundred Thieves, Hundred Thieves did have a good game in that game, but. Again, I would. I'd like there to be not so much juice on this line. Like if yeah. if Golden Guardians was a bigger underdog, I think I would bet Golden Guardians if they were like plus two twenty five, because I think they're good enough. So I, I took I took all these from from one book because it was the the one just to have unification across everything. But like obviously shop around because like I think if you get up toward like two hundred in this spot or like one ninety something like that, I'm I'm it's more appetizing like we discussed earlier, right? Yeah. So obviously shop around. Uh, I know there's a lot of a lot of different places have different levels. Like, they'll juice the dogs up, favorites down, like that kind of thing. It just depends on, you know, where you're looking. So, uh, I'm not willing to pay 250 Not in NA. Yeah, I mean, just not in NA. Like, <laughs> Liqu- Liquid and Cloud9. And maybe eventually Evil Geniuses will get into my good graces enough to do that. Maybe CLG eventually will get into my good graces to do that. But, like, any other team, I'm not doing that. And not this early. Uh, liquid, liquid. I'm doing it mostly because I'm fading Dignitas. I think <laughs> like I mean, the the liquid Dignitas one is a double fade, right? Yeah. The liquid Dignitas is like Dignitas is way overrated, and Liquid is way underrated. So it's like the double. It's like the perfect storm, right? So yes. Um, this is just too much, though. Uh, yeah. Any? I don't know. We'll see. Liquid minus three fifty. FlyQuest plus two fifty on Sunday. Too much. Do you like FlyQuest? Yeah. No, I I think Liquid's basically just going to continue being really dominant from here on out. These are um, too many good players. I honestly, people all, of course, across last weekend were sending me messages and saying, like, do you think I should be betting against Liquid? Like, they don't have Xmithy. They got Shurnfire instead. No Brox. I actually think Shurnfire is better than Xmithy. So, as far as, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, this team's still the same or better than they were last yeah, season. Maybe it's, like, chemistry issues, like, early, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, their first game, uh, Shurnfire had a very good game their first game, and it was really just a, uh, a having a hard time closing type deal. Like they were, It wasn't like they got blown out or anything. They just didn't close well, and then 
in the late game they got beaten on. But that was a compositionally, I think, was a problem for them. So I, I don't think I think Team Liquid's going to be pretty pretty strong from here on out. I'm not worried about that. It's also all. against Cloud Nine. Yep, worth mentioning. So <laughs> yeah. Um, Yep, I'm not. I'm not worried about them. I think they're going to be FlyQuest pretty handily. Yeah, this but... is too big, though. I might like the, this. Might be a kill spread game. I might do the minus seven and a half. Although FlyQuest tend to play aggressive, so maybe they're not just going to roll over and die like some of these other teams. God damn it, NA. Dude, I'll tell you, as a DFS player, there is nothing more tilting than watching three guys sit in the fountain while your team's winning <laughs> and just not even attempt to, to fight at the end. You're like, because you, I, I don't know about everybody else, but for me. I always give my team, when I'm expecting what's going to happen in this game, I give my team five extra kills. Yeah. Like, if they have 12 right now, I'm saying, okay, we're going to win this game and we're ending with 17 kills at least. Because we got to get five to win the game. And it's so tilting when they get, they get a pick and they walk in the base and the other four enemies just turtle in the yep. field. Like, get the fuck out there and defend your base. That's just, I can't stand that. Fire. I can't stand that when I'm playing League of Legends. <laughs> yeah. Again, not up or shut up. Stop I playing for your KDA. It's a... Uh, not that it matters because I'm a mediocre level solo queue guy, but I had a game the other day where my three teammates had all spawned and were sitting in the fountain while the enemy was taking our base. I spawned as Nico, ran out, ulted the entire enemy team, got them down to like 10% health each, and then they took the Nexus while my three teammates sat in the fountain. It's like, if you guys were just out here, we would have just aced them and if we, we could have maybe gone to their base. Like, yeah, I hate it. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, it's too much. Uh, yeah, I. I... I think Liquid. I'm probably going to lay the seven and a half here. I think Liquid are going to round into form. Although I always hate laying seven and a half against teams that are willing to like throw themselves at you, like FlyQuest seem to be willing to do. I just think that there's a big enough skill gap, like on the other four roles that aren't Viper. Like that's that's my beef with this. Also, how fucking smart are we when it comes to Viper? By the way, we've been calling that for like a year and a half, and that guy is a monster. Yeah, like, he's he's just been getting better and better and better. Is that Viper NA Teddy? That Riven performance was uh, beautiful. Every time he pulls it out, it is, but that last one in particular was just fantastic. Dude, Viper is N.A. N.A. Teddy. Like, yeah, he's, he, he's just Teddy. He's just going to be stuck on a bad team forever. Like, they're never going to let him out of his contract. Like, I think they're going to get a team around him at some point. I have to think that the FlyQuest yeah. manager is saying to themselves, like, yeah, Wild Turtles time's probably coming to an end. I don't think they ever thought Santorin was their long-term jungler. No. He's and just... these guys have been fine. But I, th- I got to think they're thinking about how to put a team around Viper. He's a savage. He's so damn good. Yes. Uh, I don't think people will lose, like, Riven unbanned anymore. I mean, that's that. leverage, too. Like, Yeah, it's huge. It's going to give them random advantages in drafts. So, um, yeah, you just, like, always have to respect that I'll do it. Like, he yeah, will. He, and he, he will. Has nothing yeah. to lose. He's no, yeah, it's like, whatever. And he, and he <laughs> will dominate you. It's not even, like, a fluke. And that's the dirty thing with Riven mains too. Is like that's the whole point of Riven is that she's can be good against anybody. So you can just yeah, it's like, are you better than this person? <laughs> yep. Like, are you this much better than this person? Then it's because Riven's like the ultimate skill expression. That's the whole. That's the whole catch with it, right? It's like it's a. Uh, I always compare it to like writing with writing with like a velvet glove on versus writing with an iron gauntlet on, right? Like. Orn is an iron gauntlet. If you punch someone with it, it's going to be good. But if you're trying to, like, handwrite this, this beautiful work of art or, like, paint or draw or, or, like, write a letter or something, you want, like, not a gauntlet in your hand. You want, like, yeah. something you could hold a stylus in. That's Riven to me, right? Where there's a certain amount of dexterity you have to have, but it's it's way harder, right? And But once you have it, it's worth it. So, I don't know. That's a whole separate conversation we could go into. Uh, no love for FlyQuest here. 250 is a lot. But it's like it's a lot, but yeah, I'm not good. going to. Evil geniuses plus one twenty. 
TSM minus 163. This one's interesting because I, I think both these teams – I had these two teams, like, similar, like, going into the season. I had TSM a little higher, and I, I can't help but think that TSM will be better. But if I had these teams close to even and TSM looked bad in week one, give me, give me EG, dude. Yeah, this one's tough because TSM looked bad week one. EG looked good week one, but I had TSM like a decent way ahead of yeah. uh, of EG coming into the season. And I don't know when they're going to figure it out because I think TSM is yeah. going to figure it out. I think they're going to be very good. Uh, I think they could even be a title contender if they really figure it out. And so I just don't know when they're going to figure it out or if they're going to figure it out. Uh, or maybe they I were don't... just sick last week and they're going to come out and just like shit stomp evil geniuses here. Like, <laughs> like... TSM is in kind of a tough spot because they came out in 0-2 last weekend, and now they have two reasonably tough matchups this weekend, yeah. EG and CLG. That kind of puts them in a tough spot. They need to come out and get wins. Like, they it's not totally well. unreasonable for them to start 0-4, right? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a chance with these two matchups. They could lose both those. Yeah. I mean, there's not a gimme in there. Uh, give me Evil Genius, dude. I'll t- I'll, 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 it's not even a fade or anything, like... Uh, and it's not me buying into the hype. I'm aware of the double. This is, again, like, this is another perfect storm where you're not going to see TSM at this kind of number probably the rest of the season unless they do just crash and burn. But, like, I I also think Evil Geniuses, like, look good enough to hang. So I'll take Evil Geniuses here. It's a little a little spicy. I do think TSM end up being better, but I don't know, we'll see. maybe they don't figure out that fast. Maybe TSM end up getting into playoffs in, like, the fifth seed and then, like, make a run. Oh, maybe this is – it could also go the other way. Maybe this is the season that, you know, Bjergsen falls off and isn't what he used to be. Maybe he and, needs to be benched. And maybe Dardock isn't isn't good anymore. And... I didn't think Dardock looked that bad. No, he Dardock was trying to make shit happen, which is what he does. That's what he's good at. Just play around it. Like, god damn it. It's not, how is this this hard? I don't get it. Like, you have good players. Stop. Oh. Anyway, TSM tilted me first week. Chris, TSM? TSM, I think it's going to be a closer than I expected, but going to believe that Bjergsen got sick because I really believe in Kabe and, you know, it's it's a good bot lane. So TSM for once um, can be good. Uh, I do want to see more from Broken Blade, please. Yeah, for yeah real. I, I do want to see more Broken Blade. I, I got to say, I was expecting him to come in as kind of a mini Viper this season. Not a good start from him. Uh, I'm second guessing this, but give me EG still. <laughs> uh, hundred thieves plus two hundred against Cloud Nine minus two seventy five. Uh, I don't think gonna... I'm gonna be. I don't think I'm gonna be very involved with Cloud Nine this season. The like, I think they're gonna win most of their games, and the book seems to be making them an even bigger favorite than I think they are. So, just feels like I'm not gonna be involved in a lot of their games. This feels like a liquid Cloud Nine parlay to me. This week. I like that. Like all th- all the way through, maybe four zero. Yeah, I think uh, I like. Or, that. or you round robin all four rounds together, and you just play it that way. Something like that. I don't know. We'll see. I think Cloud Nine win this one. Six and a half kill spread. They could they could definitely clear that. Yeah, the, the kill spread's not a bad not yeah. a bad spot. Any love for Hundred Thieves? Nope. Uh, no, not really. I'm not buying it. <laughs> Bullshit alert. <laughs> um, Immortals minus one thirty-eight. What? Sorry, yeah, right. I, sorry. I had to. I had to make sure I was reading the right thing there. Uh, Golden Guardians plus one hundred. 
I think the Golden Guardians straight up dust Immortals in this spot. I think they're just going to Yep. I, I love the plus 100 on Golden Guardians here. I think they're going to dust them. I guess I'm with you, but it's like mostly that I, I don't think either of these teams should ever be laying any kind of money. Like, like get, give me, give me whatever's the plus, and I'll take it. To me, this is like a coin flip for the time being. Like, I think, if, I think over the course of the season, Golden Guardians will be a better team. Maybe Immortals are better right now, but like not, not by enough to lay money at all, right? Yeah, definitely not 138. Get out of here. It's too much. Chris, Golden Guardians. Uh, yeah. Guess we're all on the same on this idea. I just don't see Immortals. Well, it's not that I don't see Immortals winning. I think they have every good chance of uh, playing because Golden Guardians fairly young, but they impressed me. The the way they play, even in their losses, they impressed me enough. Let me see. So we got Monday Night League. What did you guys think of Monday Night League? By the way, I meant to I meant to ask you this. It was kind of nice, right? I I was a big fan this first weekend. I liked having some another game with some day uh, another day with some games on Monday, and it wasn't a huge time investment. There's a couple games, and if you got a little bit of extra time, you can pop in early and watch Academy, which is cool. Yeah, I think I think it's a good idea. It's neat. It's neat. I, I like that they put some new faces on the desks and, and new personalities and everything to try to you know you know it's a good testing ground, right? And yeah, it's, it's like a farm system for yeah. for the professional you know for the normal cast. And it's nice just having something on Monday night, we, which we talked about going into last week, where like there's just this void in all of esports where there's just nothing going on on a Monday, and a Monday night in like Eastern time. Yep, and it's your goal, you know, as an organization, it's your goal to figure out how to keep people constantly engaged without wearing them out. You know, you can't have too much where they're just like, oh my god, I need some, I need a break. But you also want to keep them consistently engaged and this seems like a good solution for that to be honest unless you're full-on boss nerds like us that watch everything (laughs) but that's a different story like this is it's the football model right yep they're going with the football model for sure and you can see that with the with the red zone thing that they're doing with academy as well where they're playing switching to highlight clips basically of all the academy games which i that's also a pretty cool thing because most people aren't gonna have the time to do that but maybe they'll watch a game now like that they weren't going to watch before. You want to do everything you can to get them, get people to watch any amount more than they're watching. Right. Yeah. That like, uh, like good engagement. So I, I think it's great. It was, I thought the first week was good. It had a good, a good feel to it. Like, and it wasn't too much. It was just a nice little like dessert. Yeah. And especially I, I if you really get like a good it. game. I think and that was the slight on DraftKings. So yeah, <laughs> I think that was a good, uh, the key point there. It's not too much and that's, it's enough. It's entertaining and we get full focus. Yeah, it's good. and it's I like that they they divvied it up like because the, the Saturdays and Sundays would get kind of long, right? Yep, and now now that cuts down a little bit. So it's a win win. Like you you you, it's less fatigue from those two days, and then you can get a little cherry on top, right? Uh, so we have FlyQuest plus one twenty five, Dignitas minus one seventy five. Why the hell is Dignitas laying one seventy five? Again, this is overrated, yeah, right? Pick of the week. FlyQuest I like this comes in here and and, uh, and puts a beating on Dignitas is my I, the reason I wanted to make this my pick of the week is I actually thought the other game was better value in EU but the reason I want to make this my pick of the week is to show you how to take advantage of the books overvaluing somebody yeah. a lot uh, and Dignitas is being way overvalued right now look Dignitas could beat FlyQuest don't get me wrong it's not a lock that FlyQuest yeah. is going to win this but you always say it's a lock it's never actually like you know yeah. But this is a really good example of like like we were talking about before. You will I don't think you're gonna see Dignitas minus one seventy five against anybody ever again. 
they're gonna, they're <laughs> so, gonna be, be plus against everyone besides like maybe golden guardians or something like you that. literally may never see anybody else plus 125 against dignitas ever again so taking a team that's that's looked pretty good so far and looked cohesive the thing about FlyQuest is they don't have a ton of talent but, but they, they have the right cool. idea and they've looked cohesive this season. Their teamwork has been there. The, like When they make an engage, everyone looks ready for it. So, yeah, I'm going to take them against a team that I predicted to come last in the league. And, I mean, if you look at FlyQuest, it's a bunch of savvy veterans that have been around for a while. They can quickly get together, and then Viper's just a monster. And Ignar has outperformed what I expected from him as well. I kind of thought Ignar was just going to be another Wadid and come over here and kind of be tail end of his career, but, you know, do his best. Yeah. But Ignar has actually looked like a, like he's a candidate to be one of the better supports in the league. Another thing, too, is, like, if you look at Dignitas, right, like, I mean, Froggen had a monstrous performance in week one, but, like, look at how they're going to play the game, like, just in general, like, going into this season. Ignore what happened last week. What's this team's style? It's a Hoonie. Game. It's a Hoonie team. Yeah. It's always yeah. a Hoonie team. Hoonie, Hoonie teams always do this, right? It's a Hoonie team or a Froggen team, though. Yeah. They're not the same team. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> Who, if, if if Huni is like your best player, quote unquote, or like your your game breaker, <laughs> Viper, yeah, like if anytime this is, I always like this when you when you get good. This I've made a bunch of money on the LPL in week one doing this, where it's like this team's got a strength in one spot. This other team is perceived to be a worse team, and they probably are, but their strengths line up in a way where it's going to make the matchup closer than it looks. Right? I'm trying to think of who it was. It was a uh, might have been Billy Billy. Or no, I think it was JDG, maybe. Where, like, all the strengths lined up against whoever they played, and I, I just like JDG in that spot. And, like, I mean, we thought JDG were going to be good, but, like... Or, like, OMG, right? OMG playing against, like, a top lane dominant team. Like, give me yeah. give me OMG as, like, a big dog in that spot because, you know, good soul lane is going to cancel all their good soul lanes a lot of the time. So, yeah, I, I, like, I love FlyQuest here. I'm going to be with you on that one for sure. Yeah, definitely. Any love? Chris... Defend Dignitas, Chris. <laughs> uh, Johnson is going to become the next Cody son. And oh, wow. No. No, no he's not about not. it. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, it's going to run through Huni, and the team knows it. And you have Viper against Huni. So now you can't take advantage of that top lane battle like they could uh, throughout last week. So, yeah, I have a hard time seeing how Dignitas... It's going to win. It's not to say that they can't, but they're running on something that's not sustainable. I'd agree. I, I also think that this is a, and I could have said this before the crown matchup last week and I would have been wrong, but Power of Evil is the kind of guy that I don't think he's fantastic anymore, but I also don't think he's a guy that gets destroyed very often. Power of Evil and Froggen are very similar to me. Like they're and just Froggen good. is good. Yeah, they're just solid good and they, they rarely get destroyed. And Froggen getting super fed was the reason that Dignitas was so strong those first two games. Yep. So if he doesn't, we'll have to see what happens. When he was on Golden Guardians, they also won a bunch of games where Froggen got mega fed and went off. But, you know, the rest of the games he was just fine and they mostly lost. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm loving this spot. Like it, it's just overreaction. Yeah, I think so too. Um, TSM minus 163, CLG plus 120. I mean, are, are we are we fade, doing the? I I find myself betting against TSM in both these spots. I'm pretty sure they're going to go one one this week. I just don't know. They're, they're like you said, like this is two hard draws. They could I could see them winning both these games. I could also see them losing both these games. Right. Yep. And it's man, I just I feel it's, like they're going to be. 
I feel like they're going to beat CLG. I do think they're going to win in this spot. I think I'm just going to avoid this game because these team these two teams are too. Their performances week one were too different from what I expected from them that yeah. I don't really know what to expect in this matchup. And I like some of the other value this weekend, so I think I'm just going to lay off this one. This is like the this is like the caution flag. These teams are both flagged <laughs> for the time being. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not in. The, you know, they're not in the shit house, but they're they're flagged for the time being, right? Yeah, we, I want to know what's going we, on. We've taken the drinks away from them. No more for them. We got to see if they can keep it together for a little bit before. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm. The more I think about it, like I, I like EG because EG looked like they have the right idea to me, like kind of like FlyQuest. So. Knowing me, they'll probably CLG will probably win and EG will lose. But I I think I like EG more, and I think you're right. Like the play might be to just like stay away from this one because both these teams underperformed expectations by like a lot, and the, their play styles and stuff too. Like yeah. when I was when I was looking at this season, I thought TSM was going to be very aggressive and bloody with 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 Dardock and with Kabe coming in. I thought Kabe would want to like go off. So the fact that they're that they're playing real scared just makes me a little worried. Because it's not what I expected from them, even stylistically. Chris, who do you like in this one? I think I'm going to lean CLG. I uh, want to believe that my rank in my early season ranking, just like you all believe in yours. And so it's a close enough matchup um, that I th- I'm hoping for a bounce back from CLG just to give me some hope if, if they cannot, if they go 0 2 this weekend. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just kind of rethinking <laughs> life. But. Uh, yeah, this is where I'm uh, standing on my uh, preseason ranking. Okay, I mean, based on preseason rankings, like this line is exactly right to me. Like this is like where I would have it. Like if you looked at like, yeah. just my rankings, like yeah, that's about right. So yeah. it probably means just stay away, right? Yep, that's where I'm at. All right. Uh, anything else in NA? We do pick of the week. Yep, let's do pick of the week. Pick of the week. Last week, I lucked out like crazy getting SK plus 150 against Vitality because Vitality 100% should have won that game. And then a Dragon Steel, a Herald Sealed, and an Elder Dragon Steel later. <laughs> SK Gaming eventually got it done in one of the biggest clown fiestas I've ever seen. <laughs> um, to be expected with a bunch of new players, I guess, but like it was it was funny as hell. The whole time, right away in that game, I was like, man, I'm going to lose this one. Rough, <laughs> rough start, but whatever. And then like, they get the seal. I'm like, oh, all right, well, they're still behind, so it's no big deal. And they get the seal, and Harold's like, okay, like, come on, Vitality, don't suck this bad. At this point, I'm rooting for Vitality. Like, my, <laughs> at this point, I've abandoned my pick. It's done. It's lost. I've abandoned them, and I'm just like, all right, Vitality, show me something. Show me something with the young guns here. And then they couldn't even do it. And then SK got a seal in the old right, and I was like, whatever, this is a good fiesta. I've, lo- I've lost. Week one respect for both these teams so far, but it's beginners. Yeah, it's first week. Crazy shit happens. A lot of new players, but lucked into that. Um, cast that. Counted it. Full confidence. No doubt. Never, never in doubt the whole time. Right. <laughs> um, John hit fly quest minus one twenty eight against Immortals. This was really no no question, right? Not even a hit as a as a bet either, but it was a huge hit for DFS too. Yeah. That was uh, that was a big DFS win. Fly quest was in a huge number of my lineups, and they went off. I had some FlyQuest. I, I had cast... 94, 94 lineups in the big $15 that they put on, and I think I was playing FlyQuest in about 50 out of 94 lineups. And so them going off really 
elevated me, put four of my lineups in the top ten, and won my uh, one of my best DFS friends won the uh, the ten k. Are we gonna so, are we gonna call that the 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 uh, the league million million maker? <laughs> yeah, that's like, it really was. It was our biggest, you know, our biggest event we've ever had. Really. I cashed. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool to be uh, to have the FlyQuest carry me like that. Yeah, I had. I think I had two FlyQuest players. I don't remember who it was. I think I I had I had some exposure to FlyQuest, so I. Uh, and I, I had them betting wise too, so it was good. Um, Chris unfortunately missed on Excel against Rogue, but that was another mm. game that was. Dude, Europe felt like so fifty fifty in all these games this weekend. Besides, like, I guess Origin against Fnatic, they kind of just bodied Fnatic in that first game. But uh, this could have gone. This could have gone to Excel too. Like, yeah, it could have. Uh, so I guess I kind of caught the good variants and you caught the bad variants this week, Chris, but that'll level out over the course yes. of the season. Yeah. Calvin spiked origin against Fnatic, which I think we all, we all liked this pick, right? Like yeah. we're all, we were all on that, I think. Yep. So that was like the United like pod pick. Like if we had to pick one, but <laughs> so we went three and one on the week for, uh, a net of plus 2.78 units. So good start to the season, boys. Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, this week we don't have a pick from Calvin because he's not here, but we'll get one, or we'll just leave it blank because that's how this works. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Excel plus 175 against Mad Lions. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of talked on this. Like I was going back and forth between this and Origin against G2, but like it's so hard to do a pick of the week against G2 because it's G2. So give me Excel plus 175 against Mad Lions. I think Excel looked pretty solid last week. I think Mad Lions. Looks good, but they're green, and they're gonna have their growing pains. And give me, give me the experience. The, the number is just too big. There's too much value. Like it's an inflated line. It should be even money to me. So give me the value. Yep. John, um, I went with uh, FlyQuest one one twenty five against Dignitas. Yeah, I, I really think FlyQuest is gonna be Dignitas, and I don't think you're gonna see a line this good against Dignitas again. So I'm with it. Happy to have one twenty five. And Chris. Uh, I am taking the easy layup, just going back to my roots of taking the value here. There's just, I think, uh, I don't I don't think Immortals is that good. And Golden Guardians has the youth power, so uh, taking a one, the Golden Guardians 100 against right. Immortals. There we go. There's our pick of the week. Um, Sign-offs. I know I said I had one, but I kind of want to wait for Cal, because I want this to be like a, four, a four-man thing. So what I'll do is... Um, I'm going to shout out something. It was actually um, at BetMike. I think it's at BetMike. One second. Let me check. Make sure that's who it is. Long-time listener of the show. Um, big gambling Twitter guy. Uh, at SuckItToby. <laughs> uh, goes by Bet and Mike on Twitter. Um, big hockey cappers. Dabbled in League 2. Plays a little league. Long-time follower of the show. Um, brought up uh, the True Sight documentary on from the international 2019 finals. They did like this, uh, this like docu series on the international from this year, which reminded me. He said, "I'm a league fan, but I like Dota too." And um, this finals is so, like this kind of thing is something that Riot has to do for league. And I said, "Well, they did something like this before with the the HBO, the real sports thing, and all that." But a you know six or seven years ago, there was a documentary called um, Free to Play on. The international, it was. I think it was the third international, or it was TI two or TI three. I forget which. And it followed a couple of players through their course of you know their story and everything. Great docu series, great esports docu series. I've watched it multiple times. It, it's not even docu series; it's one documentary. It's like an hour and a half long, right? It's free to play. It's up on YouTube. You can watch it. 
highly recommend that. One other recommendation, uh, another documentary, The Smash Brothers, about the competitive melee scene. Two great docs that came out five, six years ago, give or take. So uh, if you want some esports viewing outside of League of Legends, highly recommend checking those two out. They're great watches, even if you don't know what's going on in you know these games. It's They're great ways <laughs> to introduce you to the games. So, yeah. Check out uh, The Smash Brothers and Free to Play, both free to watch on YouTube. I usually go with, like, big, deep philosophical life lessons in my in my end of the show uh, thoughts of the week, but I'm going to go with a really basic one this time. Just uh, I, I, I retweeted a link to an article earlier this week, and I'm going to retweet it again after the show's over. Go read this article. Like, if you're a sports fan at all, this is one of the funniest articles you'll ever read in your life. Uh, I'll give you guys the premise so that some people will go look at it because it's very long. So I bet a couple people loaded it up and then were like, oh, I don't want to read all this. It's a guy who went on NBA 2K and decided to see what would happen if he made it so that, if he made it so that every single draft class had all had players who were all Fs, like <laughs> the worst players that you can make. And so he made it so that every year he doesn't play any games. He just makes it so that the league continues going. And every draft class, the the new series of Fs comes in. And then he just documents what happened that year. And uh, it's just it's just a hilarious story. The way that he writes it is if it was real. I've he seen this about, before. Oh, oh man, I just, I just pulled it up. Funny. He even he even comments on the fact that like you know in two K when you win, you it shows a video of like you and your team at the White House shaking Obama's hand. <laughs> keeps commenting on how like 25 years in the future Obama's still the president <laughs> like clearly Obama Obama has a, a abolished term limits and become a dictator <laughs> just go read it it's one of the funniest articles you'll ever read I'll retweet it again after the show I, I remember seeing this now because uh, I think awesome. my buddy Jim also a longtime listener of the show has showed me this before it is it's it's hilarious it's so oh, good it's unbelievably Def- funny. Like, definitely good read in stitch is the first time I read it Oh, no, that's awesome. That is, <laughs> what was it? He's like, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and Michael Carter Williams. These three men are all 30. In this NBA, that's youth. This is in 2023. <laughs> like, that's, like, the whole thing is written in, like, the pseudo satire, like, for. It's outstanding. Like, it's complete with pictures and everything. It's outstanding. It's great. Oh, yeah. Stat and lines. Little videos, of, uh, little videos of clips from the game. He shows a, a picture from the NBA finals in like 2052. And I forgot how funny this it's is. In, it's in 13 OT <laughs> and the game's 3-0. I'm like, listen. 27-28. Freddie says <laughs> only 66% of the leagues, or 66 of the league's 360 players are non-Doomsday players. <laughs> Dude, I'm t- oh, yeah. Go read it. I'll oh read- my god, I haven't seen this in a long time. It's so good. <laughs> Yeah, go retweet it. Highly recommend it. I'm going to retweet it too. So, Chris, what about you? I don't know how to follow up from that. Dude, I'm I'm losing it already rereading this. I forgot about this. (laughs) Okay, so I'm just going to do a shameless uh, plug for the the Game House. We've added a lot of new writers, and I'm happy to say that we have a lot of ones who are paying attention to emerging regions, and so we're going to have some articles there if you guys are in need of um, learning about regions that you don't get to watch a lot, OPL, the CBLOL, all of those things. And we have a lot of talented writers, and I'm excited to see their work. 
I'll continue to promote them. And that's a lot of value too, getting guys that know the emerging regions. That's that can be a lot of value. I was just thinking that today, by the way. I said we gotta get somebody on that follows like Turkey and the OPL and all these like really intently. And you know what? We should we gotta we gotta find some of these guys and queue them up. Get them on the show here. Cause without any LPL, we're gonna need some more more talking points. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, a lot of times people expect me to be an expert in those regions because I'm kind of just an overall league expert. People don't realize how much time it takes to watch yep. every game from LCK, LPL, EU, NA, rewatch them when you need to rewatch them because something weird happened or you want to figure out why it went a certain way. It's a crazy amount of time that it takes. I, I just don't have time to. I'll watch some of the better teams when I get a chance or teams that have players that might be coming to another region, but. You just don't have the time to follow all those regions. I watch every game from EU Masters and Academy as well, so you just have no time for emerging regions a lot of the time. Yeah, it's it's tough. So yeah, maybe we'll have to maybe do like a get. We'll have to do like a emerging like a smaller region panel or something at some point. That'd be fun. We should do that. We got to get that together. I would all love right. to do. Um, that's gonna be it for this week. Hopefully, we get Calvin back next week. Uh, we're gonna have. Probably two shows next week because we're going to have the LCK Power Ranking show probably sometime early in the week. Um, we we'll probably won't be doing any picks for the first couple days of LCK because it starts on Wednesday morning. But uh, we will have picks again for you next weekend. So probably going to be two shows next week. Uh, figure Monday and Thursday, something like that. We'll see. Uh, as always, like, rate, subscribe, leave reviews. Um I'm gonna to try to come up with some 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 kind of giveaway for for reviews that get through on iTunes and you know wherever the podcasts are at, and maybe if it's good, we'll we'll read it on the air. Um, I'm gonna come up with some kind of thing, maybe maybe like a heads up challenge or something in DraftKings or something like that. But um, yeah, like, subscribe, review, share with your friends, all that. Being like a little a little bit like the little podcast that could here, uh, not sponsored or anything yet. um so we'll see you guys next week enjoy the first second week first week oh my god we just spent an hour talking about the first week uh enjoy the second week of league in the west hopefully we get league in the east back soon and everyone stays healthy and safe over there all right guys have a good weekend good luck everybody i'll talk to you later all right The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.